Hello and welcome to Supervision Smorgasbord, a podcast full of tips, tricks, and interviews with experts to help you enjoy being a supervisor. Here's your host, Dr. Tara Sanderson. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Supervision Smorgasbord. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Sanderson, and I'm excited to talk to you about intern manuals today. This is one of those areas where I get a lot of questions and everybody wants a easy fill in the blank, just change my name on it and go ahead kind of manual. And I get it. I'm like that, too. If somebody's got one that's already done, I don't want to recreate the wheel and just Um, get an opportunity to just tweak something rather than write it myself. So I I feel you. We do have one that is associated with my course um, that you can find on drtarasanderson.com backslash interns if you do want to just have that kind of ready made for you. But I do want to challenge you today to think about what's in your intern manual that's specific to your company. So you can just update your name and update your values and update some pieces, but there are going to be things that are very specific to you. And I would really challenge you to make sure that you honor the, um, I don't know, the, the piece that makes your spot special in that manual and, um, and edit appropriately. But today we're going to talk about some of the big parts of the intern manuals, and uh, we're going to go off of my intern manual checklist. So the first thing that we always want to have in our intern manual is the background of the company. So who we are, what are our core values, our mission, uh, talking about diversity, who are our staff, what are their responsibilities and roles, Uh, talk about the history of the company and different services that you've provided over time and what services you provide right now. Now, I will say that intern manuals, I built my model off of the APA requirements for an for a APIC internship site. So there may be things in here that don't really matter to you or don't fit what you need. And that's okay. You can feel free to edit some of those things out. But the background of the company is really important because any uh, internship uh because any internship accreditation is going to want you to be educating your people on what it is that you guys do, who's responsible for it and how we do it. This should be the piece that like could be something that they would take with them during their first couple of weeks of work to know like where things are or what they're supposed to be doing and how everything is going together. In APIC, we also want this to be something that really explains what and how we uh, bring people in. APIC really wants us to be able to explain our intern selection criteria as well. So people should understand why they got here and how they fit in. So our intern selection criteria includes what is the application process? What's asked in those interviews? What's the offer criteria? Is the interview formal questions or informal? Is there an opportunity for them to see what's happening at your site or not? And then what is the offer criteria? What is going to be part of their package when they come in? So for student interns from a local university that are maybe going to be there for nine months, that offer criteria might look different than somebody who's going to be a postdoctoral resident who will be committed to full-time work there for a year. 
So you do want to make sure if you are going to be paying people or not, if they get vacation or not, if it's stipend work or if it is uh, a W-2 kind of work, there's all sorts of different criteria that need to be in there. And this is a great place to engage an HR specialist if you uh, haven't already. If you don't have an HR specialist on your team internally or externally, this is a great opportunity to reach out to one. There are some really cool programs through the SBA, the Small Business Association, that have people who donate their time to helping people from a lot of different perspectives, including HR. So you might check with your local SBA association to see if uh, they have any programs that would lend an HR person to you if you're not interested in having one on staff or on retainer. Because it is really important to understand the legality of some of the rules for some of for how we have people in our practices, as well as make sure that our offer criteria is fair and meets, uh, meets all the general requirements. So next in our intern manual, we're going to look at a program description. So this talks more about what does the administration look like? Who does what? Where can they go for different types of information? Tells them a little bit about grievance procedures. And I shouldn't say a little bit. It tells them everything about grievance procedures. What's going to happen if you don't like something they're doing? What's going to happen if they don't like something you're doing? And how you guys resolve those pieces to move forward. You want to have a section on training, what's onboard training like, what's ongoing training like, what external training options are there, how do we track the training, do they get paid for training or not paid for training, um, are they expected to do anything with the training. So in my practice, whenever I send somebody to a training, I expect them to come back and teach it to us in didactic. I don't expect a formal presentation, no PowerPoint is needed, I just want them to share with us what they learned. Not because that's a punishment, <laughs> but more because I think it is really important that when we engage our brains in learning something new, one of the best ways for us to retain that information is to teach it to someone else. And so it gives us an opportunity to do that when people are uh, able to bring that information back from a training they've been to. And so in my training manual, I have that as an expectation that every time they go to an external training or do something in addition to what's normal for our, our company, that they are training us back in a didactic for that. Uh, we also talk about clinical care, what types of services the interns provide, um, who supervises them, what didactic training looks like, how we do what we do. So I'm a pretty... Um, uh, so at my practice, we don't necessarily specialize in one type of uh, modality or one type of service. We do a lot of different things because I, as a training office, uh, as a training practice, I want people to really develop who they are as a clinician and do things a little differently than me. Uh, so I've got folks who do everything from existential therapy to compassion focus work to uh, ERP for OCD and all sorts of other pieces, right? I'm pretty behavioral myself, but we are not a behavioral practice. We, we definitely are exploring a lot of different areas to meet a lot of different need. So when I talk about my clinical care, I talk about here are the services we provide, group, individual, assessment, consultation services. How we do those from what modalities changes between who's here and, you know, which interns are here, supervisees are here, and who's not. 
and what the need is in our community. So we're, we're constantly polling the community through our Chamber of Commerce or through local business owners to find out like what's going on out there and what, what is needed and how can we do that. We also keep tabs on our clinical community by being a part of different listservs or organizations that are talking about what's going on. And a lot of times we're looking at what referrals are coming out and in what areas and seeing if maybe we could host a group to meet that need if uh, there aren't enough individual providers. I like to talk about um, who supervises the interns and what supervision looks like in the manual as well, because it's not enough to say, yes, you will be supervised by Dr. Sanderson. I want it to be, yes, you'll be supervised by Dr. Sanderson, who is a developmental supervisor who thinks about supervision in this way and the structure of that supervision will look like this. Um, I personally have like five questions that I like to have answered during supervision. Most of them are about risk or about their their development, about their self-care. Um, I do ask about um, culture and diversity, where they're at with what they're learning or what they need more of, and um, really want to make sure that if any uh, risk situations are coming up or any uh, dangerous things that we're making sure we chat about that at the beginning before we jump into the rest of the stuff. And then, you know, we go from there on um, what clients they want to talk through and how we do that piece. But I want people to know about that up front so that they are very clear of what, what supervision is going to look like. And then for our didactic trainings, I don't include the didactic calendar because it is kind of uh, a living document that changes all the time. But I do give them a link to the didactic calendar so that they are able to check in at any time and see what's coming up in our didactic training schedule. When I think about my didactic calendar, I think a lot about what what it is that my team needs to grow and be their best. Um, what things do they need to be exposed to? What things do we need to talk about? I do make sure that we are talking about ethics a lot and we're talking about diagnosis a lot. And actually, you can find a sheet on my website for interns on what's in my didactic calendar and um, how to build your own. And uh, feel free to grab that. I'm sure I'll do another episode on it at some point, but it's a great training tool to help your team feel like they are always learning and growing, which honestly is one of my values. One of my values for my practice is teaching. And I think that it is really important, not that we just um, work on teaching our trainees, but that we're teaching clients and that we're teaching the community and that we're supporting and helping in, in whatever ways that we can. So didactics is really important to me. Our next part of our program description is our performance improvement plans and any termination issues. So in addition to the grievance procedures that we already talked about, we want to talk about what happens if we see something that needs to be changed. So we, we use the performance improvement plan model, the PIP model, where we talk about what's happening right now, what we'd like to see, and what's our timeline for doing it. And then we increase our supervision to make that happen um, so that we can make sure everybody learns and grows and, and gets better, right? So in, in a clinical way, we are creating a treatment plan so that we can help this person go from where they are to where they want to be, to doing things the way that our practice wants them to be or moving forward in, in any way. And then lastly, in our program description, we talk about case presentations. We do a uh, clinical uh, case consultation every month in part of our didactic. And some of those months we do formal presentations. Some of those months it's more informal question and answer kind of style. But if you are going to do one that is more formal, having a document that shows this is what a case presentation looks like available to them helps them so much to be able to like meet the expectation that you are setting for them.
The next section in our intern manual is talking about routine tasks. So we talk about what is an intake? How do we do it? What do we do if there's a crisis? Uh, how are we trained for supervised prevention? What's the regular ongoing paperwork? What's the EHR we use? Now, I don't use this manual to give all of the ins and outs of everything about those pieces, but I do give it as an example of where we're at right now. And usually that is by links to documents um, from our EHR or documents about our crisis intervention things. So that if all else fails and they are in a moment and need that information, they can say, oh, I know where the link is to get to that. They don't have to remember what it's called. They don't have to do any like hard stuff about it. They have that link from their initial training days uh, from this intern manual, which is really great. And then in our last section, we talk about any resources, HIPAA and security. So we wanna make sure that there is something in writing about what they can expect for computers, phones, email, VPN, uh, internet, testing administration kits. Uh, if you don't know what VPN is, it is a virtual private network. It is the way that um, we can all support um, our, ourselves and, and keep our information private um, by having a connection to the internet that is um, that is private through that virtual private network. Um, and uh, if you want to know more about that, Person-Centered Tech has some great videos about using uh, virtual private networks. Uh, but so we we have that whole section in our uh, in our manual to talk about how we navigate all of those pieces. We talk about HIPAA security um, between our physical documentation, our confidential records, our video recordings. Uh, we talk about our professional liability insurance, not just that we have it, but that everybody should have it and that it is important. It's an important element to protecting yourself as a professional. And then what our ongoing monitoring of security is, how they can expect to be checked on um, and what the resources are available for them if uh, they think that something has gone wrong. So one of the things that I re remind people and that is in my intern manual is that anything that they do through our Google Workspace, through our internet, through those pieces, doesn't really belong to them and it isn't private. Um, so I have the ability to go back and read any email that you've written to a client. I have the ability to go back and look at any document that you've created, um, even if you try and delete it. <laughs> like I have access to all of those things because we have the Google Workspace that has access to the vault. And so the vault means that everything that's created in there, I can go back and look at. And it is really important to me that people know that up front so that they're able to make good conscious decisions and they're not ordering weird stuff thinking that they, you know, just wanted it to go through something besides their personal email. They, they can be aware that I, I could potentially see that. It also documents how often I go through those things and, and what things I'm looking for when I do that. So I'm not, um, so that I'm not surprising them later, I guess, in that way. So your intern manual, we went over the kind of six or the five, excuse me. So the intern manual checklist that I just went over has five distinct sections with several sections underneath. And at the beginning of this episode, I'd said, make sure that you are checking in on your specific practice and what you need. So when I think about that, I think about maybe there's a section in here under program description where you're really going through uh, how we get trained in EMDR or when people have access to those pieces. If your intern manual is also part of your uh, workforce manual for 
uh, employees, maybe you talk in there a little bit more about like what the trajectory is for moving forward in the company and earning more money. Um, maybe you have information in here where you are doing more about giving back to the community and what your uh, what your donation process is for that. There's all sorts of things that you could put in here that are probably really specific to your practice. So this is not the end all perfect document by any means. This is a great start document that could help you uh, get closer to your vision and your mission and your values and make sure that your team really kind of gets it and knows what's going on and uh, and helps you move your vision forward for your practice. Well, I hope you gathered some really cool information about the intern manual today and, and get kind of how to build what you want in there. If you have other questions or uh, need some more information, feel free to visit me online at supervisionsmorgasbord.com or you can find me on social media at Dr. Tara Sanderson. If you'd like to download this checklist for yourself, you can find it at drtarasanderson.com backslash interns. I can't wait to hear from you about things that you would also like to see on these episodes or hear in our podcast. So feel free to drop me a line anytime. Have a great day. This has been Supervision Smorgasbord with Dr. Tara Sanderson. Please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find us at drterrasanderson.com backslash podcast and on all social media at Dr. Tara Sanderson. Thank you, and we will see you next time.